Welcome to the show that never ends. Sexual Healing Podcast. Conversations will address concerns and celebrations within the misunderstood and misinformed world of sexual being. Your hosts, Dr. Bill, Mac, and Pipes, bring insight from different sexual health perspectives, covering 70 years of experience. And we are back. I'm Dr. Bill. I've got Mac and Pipes, our sexual healing podcast. Thank you guys for returning. We are in heaven, apparently, and we have some angelic music that supports what we do to educate and entertain every day. As you may recall, several weeks ago, we did some things on female sexual dysfunction. We had a huge number of questions on our email. Help me out. It's sexualhealingpodcast1 at gmail.com. It's on our, uh, on our lower third there. You guys can see on our screen. We invite you to continue to give us comments continue to ask questions and we're going to do some follow-up on male sexual dysfunction and this is what i want to know today this is what our viewers our listeners want to know today about sexual health and apparently we took a poll and they have found both mac and pipes that i'm the expert in male sexual dysfunction and so these guys are going to be hitting me hard and fast. Sounds like prom night, doesn't it? But hitting yeah. me hard and fast with questions, uh, kind of integrating what you guys have asked uh, through our email. We thank you for participating. This is your show. Pipes, Mac, hit it. Give me your best shot. All right. I'll start with one of the questions we got in today. And um, from a listener who wants to know, how do I fix my... P-E-R, premature ejaculation. Yeah, premature ejaculation. I don't know if I saw all the emails regarding that, but I know it was a huge number. Premature ejaculation is probably the most common cause of complaints uh, for patients that, uh, I was going to say come, but present to uh, my office. And we can look at primary versus secondary. Primary premature ejaculation are guys usually younger they come in and oftentimes are not that uh, experienced in sexual health and come quickly. Basically, there are a lot of crazy definitions, but it's coming too quickly and being distressed about it. It's not a problem. It's not a negative thing or a health issue if you come too quickly, as long as you and your partner are comfortable with it. If you're not comfortable with it, it's an issue. And we want to know if it's primary versus secondary. And secondary is guys in their 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, they've done very well from a uh, uh, an ejaculation control point of view. But later on, they find that they are coming too quickly. That it, coming too quickly, meaning it's uncomfortable for them and their partner. That very simply is an issue usually associated with erectile dysfunction. They are seeing that they're concerned that they're losing their erection more quickly. They subconsciously start coming or ejaculating or releasing before they lose the erection. And that's very fixable. I'm not worried about 
fixing the PE. I'm worried about making their erections better, stronger, harder, lasting longer, and almost universally their premature ejaculation improves. Let's focus on very distressing issues with primary premature ejaculation, and it could be psychological. A lot of people say it's in your head. Don't don't let a doctor tell you and blow it off. It's in your head, you'll be fine. It There is a psychological overlay. It can be associated with actual physical issues, uh, prostatitis, uh, prostate infections, uh, urinary tract infections, pain. It can be associated with some issues of uh, body image. I don't like the situation I'm in. I want to get out of that situation. Uh, and so there are a lot of reasons, varied reasons for that, but it's very fixable. We can use desensitization creams and gels and sprays. I often suggest go for three bucks, go to your uh, pharmacy, get over-the-counter solar cane. Uh, uh, very common now, uh, we're, we're headed towards the end of the summer, but sunburns, you treat solar cane. It's a, num it's a topical uh, numbing issue. Spray it on the shaft of the penis, not in the opening, the meatus, the hole of the urethra, because that can cause discomfort. Spray it on for about 10 minutes, wipe it off so you don't uh, numb up your partner uh, uh, with the use of the medication, but it'll numb you up and give you some control. There's some psychosocial behavioral issues, squeeze technique, start-stop techniques that you can see on the internet. It's not fancy stuff. You're not gonna hurt yourself. Try these simple methods. Then you can also try medications. There are a lot of medications out there that have um, been proven to improve uh, your control with ejaculation. You can use, if, if you don't have a partner, you can control yourself with self-stimulation or masturbation. You can have your partner involved. There's some very simple things that can be utilized to control a very, very common problem. Don't beat yourself up over it. Get help. It's fixable. So, it sounds like I need to go buy some Procter & Gamble stock for solar can. I think we're going to see a big rush on yeah, absolutely. I just bought. I, uh, yeah, I just bought a huge number of uh, what an hour before. Next yeah, question. Insider yeah. trading. Go ahead, pipes. Okay, and some some women prefer premature ejaculation. Like, I I've got like shit to do today. Let's yeah. just get this over with. Yeah, we find <laughs> we find that in, in the in the executive suite. Okay, because I've yeah. got another meeting. Hurry up. Okay, good. Yeah. It's it's not necessarily always a bad thing. So just talk to your partner. Yes. Maybe they like those little, you know, cookies. Not a bad gig. So, um, okay. So I, the other question is, I can get an erection, but I lose it quickly. Get an erection. I'm, I'm assuming that's because the lights are on. <laughs> okay. I'm the comic. I'm the, don't start breaking boards and doing martial arts shit. I'll do the jokes. Okay. All right, so I get an erection, but I lose it too quickly. That's still erectile dysfunction. Think of, there, there are basic three categories of uh, evaluating problems with erections. It can be not enough blood flow going in. It's a hydrostatic pressure. I need more blood flow going in. That's one category. A second category is I get the blood flow going in, uh, but I lose it too quickly. So I may have a good erection, but I lose it too quickly, or it can be a combination of both. And the other category are hormones and psychosocial issues. But when we talk about I get an erection, but I lose it too quickly, usually, not all the time, 
but usually it's a blood flow problem. The trip, the 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 trick to the treatment is overflow the problem with more blood flow. Irrigate the the uh, the channels more. Put you know make the hose have more fluid. Get the penis get more blood. So it's the same problem. It means that oh, I'm not impotent. I, I get a great erection, but I lose it more quickly. Dude, you're impotent. It's fixable. All right. Okay, great. Good stuff. Um, I've never said dude here. before. I guess it's the social media influence that I have. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to guess where this question came from, but it's, this guy writes, I have uh, several partners, and he wants to know why his erection seems to be different with each one of them. Yeah. All right. And interesting, the dog that he is, I don't know if you've heard uh, Cody outside <laughs> barking, uh, but he says, yeah, he's agree. Right on, kid. So several partners, it speaks to the fact that sexual health really encompasses physical health. And we talked about the blood flow and the hormonal issues and the psychosocial issue. But it, the psychosocial issue is I may feel more comfortable with a partner, with one particular partner. I may feel more turned on by what the partner does. It talks about all the data that we know that we respond sexually for the most part on how our partner responds to us. So we may feel better by having a little bit of strange. I'm not talking about a moral issue. I'm not talking about a social contract with a committed partner. I'm just talking about different kinds of excitement may occur differently with different partners. Some people are more comfortable with different positions, more comfortable with bedroom talk, more comfortable with expanding the horizons of their sexual menu. And that comes with different partners. Not unusual, not not abnormal at all. Okay, so our next question is, um, what does brown semen mean? Brown semen means, and actually, I know that you were looking for something funny, but it's actually common. We see blood in the semen, and it does not mean cancer. It doesn't mean you're going to die. It's not punishment from God. Some people will have low-grade inflammation of the prostate. And the prostate is a, what we call secondary sex gland. And, and the prostate is, is not the devil of guys over 50. It can occur at any age. And during intercourse, during orgasm, during ejaculation, the prostate gland in sexually active men contracts. And there are a lot of channels, there are a lot of canals in that prostate gland. If it's inflamed during contraction, that's what that, that good feeling is. That's the muscle contraction that occurs. Inflammatory changes, blood can occur. And there's a lot of tubing there. There's a lot of plumbing there. And so what starts out as red blood may be over time turns brownish and clear and then eventually clears away. So brown semen does not mean you're going to die. It means that either there's been a change in the frequency or vigorous intercourse, or there may be an inflammatory change. Uh, years ago, we gave antibiotics for six, eight weeks at a time. Now we really know it's not associated with anything bad other than an emotional uh, sense of fear, like, oh my God, what's happening? A lot of things that can be done usually uh, return to your normal sexual activity and frequency, and it goes away over time. So what is the primary sex gland if the prostate is the secondary? Brain. 
All right. Oh. It's actually, you know, it's actually a brain. I know that you were waiting for uh, a huge belly laugh, but so much of what we do in sexual health can be modified by how we approach ourselves, how we approach our partner. So yeah, the primary, you know, other than the penis and the clitoris, I think the the brain is is, is certainly up there. It leads into the next question we received. I'm talking about self-image. You know, as a former athlete working out in the gym, I had a couple of teammates that would address the trainer and, and say, hey, you know, what, what I need to work on to help my, um, my libido, my attraction, maybe even my attraction to, to women, what, what kind of machine should I be working out here in the gym? Do you well, have an answer for that? I, one? I have a huge answer about this. And, and there are gyms around the world, around the country that have really focused on image, both from a physical point of view and self-image from a, metal, a medical point of view, but from a sexual health point of view only. We're knocking, not talking about relationships. We're not talking about anything of depth, of anything of substance. Probably the best machine that we can use to improve our desirability, to preserve, to pres uh, preserve and enhance our abilities in bed is this machine. Maybe you guys better write it down because it's important and we don't need a video. It's the ATM. That's the best machine <laughs> for better sex. Go ahead. You gotta be employed though as before, right? You can't put a cart for the horse. You gotta make sure you're employed, right? That, that's a good point. All right. That's good. Okay, I have to read this one. So the next question is, how come sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, half asleep, and I wake up to a blinding light while I'm coming. Oh, what? Uh, th that's actually very common. In the literature, it's very common. You wake up to a bright light at night uh, while you're coming. And it really has to do with uh, nocturnal emissions, these wet dreams that we used to have as kids. Well, not me, but my neighbor did. Um, and that's when you're having a wet dream. It was about you. That was a dream about you. That's why they had it. A good, it's a good point. So that happens with sleepwalkers when they have an, uh, a nocturnal emission and they walk into the um, kitchen and open up the refrigerator. That blinding light is crazy. Okay. Wow. I'm people loving are, the answers here. Loving people the are laughing. Too. People are laughing on the outside. I know you guys are laughing on the inside, <laughs> but our viewers are going absolutely fucking nuts. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you bring have a good point, and that is, you know, nocturnal erections, nocturnal uh, wet dreams, if you will, and you wake up. Yeah. I mean, it all makes sense. And we're all, we always want something to eat afterwards, so that's why you get a head start at the refrigerator. I get it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another question from our viewers. Um, we're uh, looking at, you know, there's been a lot of um, talk out there for, for the uh, legalization of marijuana. And marijuana is being used a lot out there right now um, in, in various parts of the country. So those people, are they damaging or enhancing their sex life? with drinking, smoking weed? You know, it, it's a great uh, great question. And, and I know, I, I saw a list of the uh, people are asking these kind of questions and they were obviously bunched up without the same specific question, but it all has to do with marijuana use and sexual health. It, it, it is a big deal. And as more and more states are, nor, uh, are legalizing marijuana, people think, well, it's legal. 
it must be safe and it must be okay. So just like alcohol, marijuana, anything that we use to relax, enhance our sexual health, at one point, if we partake too much, we may be hurting ourselves. And we know that uh, issues of fertility, with sexual response, with cognition, all of these things, there's a lot of data that says that, yeah, marijuana is legal, and it may not be the horrible heroin that we used to think of decades ago, but it can have a negative impact. Just like alcohol, a few drinks are okay, or uh, a drink okay is, is okay to relax, bring down inhibitions, but at some point, if you're so high that all you're thinking about is your next pizza or can't stay awake, you may not be focused on allowing yourself to enjoy the stimulation of a partner. And though it may enhance things at some point, eventually, if you're getting too high, you're not really worried about sex, you're worried about paying the pizza bill, right? The other aspect is, is that the use of marijuana over long term, clearly, without question, without any judgment on whether it should be used or not, impacts hormones negatively. Impacts hormones negatively. Oh, and it impacts hormones negatively. I can't remember if I said that yet. But what that means is, is that when we spoke, when we smoke marijuana or speak about it, if we <laughs> smoke marijuana or if we ingest it, it impacts the liver and the liver has an impact on how our hormones work. And we know, we hear stories of people that are smoking all the time and I don't even know what excess to excess means, but use this a lot, have negative effects and have more of a female hormone than the male hormone. And that can be a negative thing. Is it fixable? Is it reversible? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we really have that data. I know that there were a group of researchers uh, who smoked marijuana or trying to figure that out, uh, but they never showed up for work the next day. So we don't know what happened to that data. <laughs> or they were asleep. <laughs> yeah, they were asleep. They fell asleep. And does it affect men and women the same? Great question. Uh, I don't have data on women. All I know, because I'm, I'm an almost white male, um, I we know that men and women need a balance of testosterone and estradiol. Those are the two hormones that go back and forth and are part of the same sexual health hormonal menu. We know that in marijuana users that the estradiol level, the female hormone aspect of that may be higher just by what happens uh, with metabolism in the liver. With women, we know that it can uh, affect fertility issues. I don't have the answer on why it may has it, it, it certainly has to do with uh, uh, sperm and egg interaction. As far as sexual health, we can safely say it's just like drinking too much. If you, if, if you need a drink or two to relax and enjoy sexual health, but go beyond that drink or two or that joint or two or drinking something or, or smoking that is especially potent, we, we, we believe that it impacts things negatively. The other aspect is, is that we assume we can get pure marijuana, pure THC, pure CBD. 
with every state in this country with what's going on with the cartel, and I can say this comfortably because I'm protected here because of our security team, that we don't know what the hell is in it. And we also know that there's a lot of stuff about fentanyl and stuff that just plain kills you. Forget about whether you're going to have good sex or not. So it's very tough to do the research uh, unless you're using medical marijuana, which is expensive. And it's kind of tough to get uh, FDA-supported uh, research on this because quite honestly there's really no money in it at this point from a researcher point of view so I'm betting say, yes I don't have the answer like, lot, so. what's what's that I said there's a shit ton of money like in the marijuana industry I, I get it as far as a researcher that part yeah for some reason I couldn't hear you I think you were inhaling uh, uh, <laughs> very aggressively so I missed it but I think I agree with you it's usually that's that's the raspy voice. Yes. Okay. Yeah, which which we love. Okay. The, mar the marijuana. Okay. So this is the perfect question for me to ask. Um, I love that this is in. But um, another uh, listener follower wrote in. Um, how come my junk shrinks? Mm. So very. I mean. Cigars. Yeah, smoking cigars. Well, my junk shrinks is a very common complaint it can mean that the male genitalia shrinks getting smaller and quite honestly uh, it can mean that clitoral tissue labial tissue shrinks and it goes back to the basic idea of sexual health and that's a blood flow deal and so just like it, when you guys look at me sometimes when you look at the podcast it's going to be uh, sexual healing podcast or just the tip podcast or Joe Rogan. Sometimes when I'm talking, you don't know who the hell is talking. Uh, and I'm a buff guy, obviously lives at a gym. And I do that because I'm lifting weights constantly. I'm constantly exercising. What that does, it's stretching muscle. It's stretching blood, uh, blood vessels. It's pushing blood flow and engorging the vessels. That's the same thing that happens with sexual activity. If you're not sexually active, you're not using it and you lose it. If you don't have good morning erections, if you don't get clitoral stimulation, if there's a blood flow issue because of medication or hormonal issues or just general health issues, you're not going to the gym. You're just not going to the gym. And so my junk shrinks because I'm not sexually active because I have no blood flow my junk shrinks for the lady is because I'm not sexually attracted to my partner or excited or don't self-stimulate. And so the idea of self-stimulation in using vacuum devices or clitoral engorgement devices, which are all mainstream and I use every day on my way to work, and I use every day when I talk to my patients and suggest that they use this, this is exercise your junk listener is shrinking normally because you're not sexually active. Get your morning erections, be physically active, improve blood flow, and that will get better. And, and I think your comment, use it or lose it, is like the per, because I say that to guys all the time. Use it or lose it. It's, it's atrophy of a muscle, it's, you know, things that happen in, in our bodies, and, and that is probably the, the most basic 
way to put it out there for people to understand how important it is. No, I, I absolutely agree. And we joke around to make things more comfortable, but I'm, I know all three of us are dead serious on this message. We're trying to oh, be okay. funny and entertain, but we're trying to educate. Use it or lose it. And for those who don't have a partner, self-stimulation is fine. It's normal uh, for men and women. It's a normal activity and it keeps it keeps the blood flow going and, and to the same extent oh, oh, uh, heart healthy lifestyles diet exercise belly fat reduction for every inch of belly fat that you lose you improve hormones and improve blood flow to the penis same thing with women exercise men and women more exercise better sex period well and we, we know it's important and here's the thing all three of us wear glasses so I don't ah. know if the whole, if the whole, you know, you're going to go blind thing that your parents told you way back in the day, but Cody is a, cer Cody is well, a I certified Bill's, service I Bill's dog. A comedian. <laughs> yeah, <humorous>. exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I you're need stepping to, over the I line need, there, pipes. I need to get back in my lane. <laughs> yeah, back in your lane. Okay, let's finish this up with one last question. Um, a, a, a writer, a listener calls in and writes that he's lost his erections due to prescription medicines the doctors put on, put him on, mainly BP. He wants to know if he should contact a lawyer. So should, okay. You know what? That's the state of medicine today. Someone's got to pay for my screw up. All right. So uh, BP medication, high blood pressure medication. We know, you know, I, I ran, I think I can say this. I ran an FDA lab for 20 years for my group. FDA approved lab and what means is that there there's so many studies there's so many things that we have to do and, and so many guidelines that we have to abide by the reality is that every medicine that is a prescription medicine and often many over-the-counter medications have side effects that we don't are not even aware of you know it, it takes hundreds of thousands of, of people to be studied and find out if there's 1%, less than 1%, uh, 0.5% people that may have an idiosyncratic or unique reaction but we know uh, to this, a negative side effect. But we know that high blood pressure medications can negatively affect sexual function, men and women. But we also know that high blood pressure in and of itself untreated is devastating over a long period of time for sexual health so it's not the medicine it's 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 the reason you're on the medicine so don't look at the medicine as the problem don't look at your doctor as the problem look at yourself as the responsible person and it has to do with look at obesity look at smoking who smokes or who drinks no one in their right mind would do that Okay, pause, laughter. We do that because we're willing to take that risk. But smoking cigarettes and inhaling, not good. Drugs, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shoot cocaine or heroin and expect to be healthy. So being obese, not exercising, not being sexually active, that's our problem. And we know that if we fix the blood pressure, if we fix diabetes, if we fix diabetes, uh, uh, a metabolic syndrome lack of exercise it it helps it goes a tremendous lo tremendously long way of improving her sexual health so no don't waste time getting a lawyer and suing them for getting uh, being on blood pressure thank them for trying to fix the blood pressure lose weight decrease salt 
and try to fix it yourself. Did I sound angry Good stuff. there? Did I sound okay? So well, I, you definitely are the expert, Doctor Bill. We appreciate the questions you've answered. I gave great insight, even to myself. We've been in the business for a long time, so great, great answers. Love it. Thanks for our, the our listeners should be satisfied getting their questions answered so directly. Thanks for the chance to let me complain and uh, uh, go crazy a little bit. I had a great time. Let's talk to you guys next week. Remember to use that email. Give us your questions. Give us your comments. Pipe and Max. Did I slur my words? You know what I'm saying. No. All right. Yeah, have another drink. Right now? Thank you for listening. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. Sexual Healing Podcast. We'll talk to you later. I'm Dr. Bill, Mac and Pipes. Thank you all. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Thank you for joining the show that never ends. We will pause with our part. However, you can reach us at sexualhealingpodcast.org. We are here to make your sexual health be everything you want it to be. We'll visit with you next week for another episode of Sexual Healing Podcast. Stay sexy out there. (laughs) 